baseball season is heating up. Odyssey has you covered with the most entertaining coverage of your team. Stay locked in and in the know with the local voices you trust as they bring you unfiltered takes, recap games, react to the latest team news, and talk to callers. Listen to your favorite shows for free on the Odyssey app, odyssey.com, your smart speaker, or in the car with Android Auto or Apple CarPlay. And I actually got an opportunity to hang out with Matthew Collar. Sunday morning for just a brief amount of time as we sat there and ate breakfast together prior to kickoff at U.S. Bank Stadium, checking out the uh, the Minnesota Vikings and New York Jets. And joining us now would be Mr. Purple Insider himself, Matthew Kyler, joining us here, courtesy of the uh, John Schuster Call Banker Hotline. Uh, Matthew, it was fun uh, catching up with you on Sunday morning. Yeah, yeah, it was good to see you. Uh, great that you made it out to your annual one game a year. No, I make it to two games a year. Come on. Oh, two. Okay. Yeah. And, and and quite frankly, it might be one. It might be one this year just because the way things are playing. I have to leave town um, for the, uh, the Christmas holidays this year uh, to be with family um, down in Atlanta, Georgia. So so we'll see. I, you know, maybe I, I don't because the, the next weekend, not this weekend, but next weekend, I'm supposed to be out of town as well. And we've got the flex, right? We've got the flex in terms of that game being a Saturday game now, I think. And and who doesn't want to come down to the stadium to see the Indianapolis Colts come hey! to town? Hey, <laughs> the Indianapolis Colts, baby. The Indianapolis Colts. All right. Well, look, it was it was boring at times. I thought that the first half it was kind of ho hum. Look, the end of the game was exciting just um in, in terms of looking how the defense it was that bend but don't break type of scenario. But I feel like that's been the case the majority of this year. So, like, let me ask you this, because Chris asked it to me earlier tonight. He said that, let me look back at when we did around the NFL. He says, another one possession win for the Vikings. He said, are the Vikings lucky or are they good? How would you answer that? I know what I said, but how would you answer that? Well, it, it depends on kind of what you mean i mean i think that they're kind of closer to say an eight and four team than they are a 10 and two team uh because historically they literally have the lowest point differential of any team to ever be 10 and two um so that usually uh indicates that some things have gone your way and i i wrote an article about this today kind of looking at the whole point differential and the one score game thing and some of the one score games they were really in command for the entire game so like against Chicago, against Miami, like those are those are kind of wins that they deserve to get, uh, I think. Whereas, you know, against the Jets, I mean, toward the end of that game, the Jets had a better than 50% chance to win. Um, Detroit against the Vikings earlier this year had a 90% chance to win, according to ESPN's win probability model. The Buffalo Bills had a 90% chance to win late in that game. I think when the opponent has a 90% chance to win and you come out with a victory, most of the time that's more good luck. It's good luck that the Jets guy dropped the ball or that they didn't QB sneak or whatever in the red zone. I mean, you can't ever expect your team to just stop the opponent in the red zone every time. I mean, yeah. if Garrett Wilson doesn't step out like toward the 
you know, toward the goal line or whatever. Like if they had finished some of those big plays that they had, then we wouldn't even have the conversation about the red zone and everything else. They would have just lost the game. So you can't play with fire like that over a long period of time and expect to get win after win after win after win. Uh, where What they do have going for them, though, is this schedule that's coming up. I think Detroit's a fairly legitimate opponent. But after that, I mean, the Giants don't scare you at all. I mentioned the Colts, which is just a laughing stock right now. And you've got the two division opponents at the end that just want this season to be over as fast as possible. Like, you know, they have a chance to have some very impressive wins toward the end of the season to go into the playoffs healthy and feeling really good about themselves, like they've more or less found their identity. I think this year it's been kind of, you know, two steps forward and one step back a lot of times where you feel like in that New England game, oh, we've, you know, wow, really got something here with the way the offense performed. And then the next week we saw that a team with a good defensive line can often slow down this Vikings offense. And Kevin O'Connell talked about it on Monday and after the game where he basically said, you know, we, we can also, we're all allowed to finish a game on offense too. Like, if you're not punting four out of your five possessions in the second half, well, then you know you wouldn't have had to worry about the red zone stuff. So I think that they have not really been a complete team. Mm-hmm. They're 11th in offense, 20th in defense. Like nothing about that says Super Bowl juggernaut the same way say like the Eagles look right now. And I think that that's that's concerning because that's where the bar is set now. You you get to ten and two, we set the bar at go deep in the playoffs, make the NFC Championship game, get this freaking franchise to a Super Bowl because this is the year where everything is going your way. Um, but there's a lot of reasons to go. Is that really possible with the way they've played? Yeah. No, we're talking to uh, Matthew Collar from the Purple Insider here on the Lake Show on News Talk eight three zero W C C O. And you know when we talk about matchups and we talk about schedules and teams and and stuff from one week to the next, it's not just about how you won a game, but also about who you beat. What, I, what do you think of the Jets overall? Do you think that they are a good football team or or not? No, I think they are. Yeah, I think they are, and that's why like a lot of these wins have come against teams that are at least formidable. I mean, so like, you know, the win against Detroit, you know, Detroit at least has turned out to be a, like they're an average opponent, right? And I would say the same thing about New England. It's a 500 team. It's a good win if you could beat a 500 or better team. The New York Jets are probably a little bit better than a 500 team. Uh, They clearly have an offense that has some playmakers to them, a decent offensive line, the quarterback position. I mean, Mike White, I, it's a nice story, but he should not be doing that to your team. Like that's just, yeah. And so that's that. That's how I think you have to feel. Is like respect the Jets. Definitely respect Robert Sala and their defense. And 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 we expected that to happen. We knew it was not going to be easy for the Vikings on that side of the ball. But the disturbing part was like this is a backup quarterback. He's the third quarterback that they've played this year. I mean, you got to finish that game out. I mean, you're up twenty to six. Just just end this thing, and instead it was big play after big play. And, you know, I was looking this up today that since 2010, only one team has made the Super Bowl that allowed as many yards per play as the Vikings, and that team had Tom Brady as its quarterback, so I don't think it's exactly comparable, right? I mean, yeah. it's it, where the defense is at is another thing that, you know, down the stretch, it just has to be a lot better than this. It can't even just be a little better. Mac Jones and Mike White dominating you does not exactly scream deep playoff run, but they've got 30% of the season left to clear some of these things up. It's just when you get this deep into the season and you go, 
yeah, you're 20th in points allowed and you're 31st in yards and like you're not a you're not an unbelievable offense that can you know assuredly overcome those things against good teams. So how it you know how's this going to go? But a lot of it will have to do with matchups. I mean, if you look at the way that the Rams got to the Super Bowl last year, part of it was the Green Bay Packers had a punt blocked in Lambeau. I mean, I, I'm not convinced that the Rams would have gone out to Lambeau and beat the Packers last year, but they end up with San Francisco at home instead. So sometimes it, it, it ends up coming down to those things. But I think that in comparing this team historically to other teams that went all the way, uh, this doesn't look like that at this moment. Yeah. No, I'm totally with you. The defense has got to respond. They've got to be better. They've got to improve. They've got to do something uh, here uh, on the back end of this uh, season. You know, one of the interesting things about Sunday was just how off Kirk Cousins was. I thought that that was, I mean, that was just a, that was a bad performance. It was just, he looked bad. Like, you could tell he was just off uh, the, pretty much the entire game. He had a couple of really nice throws. Um, the, the Look, the uh, the touchdown pass to Justin Jefferson, uh, great throw, great catch, touchdown Minnesota Vikings. But, but the one thing that I will say about Kirk, and I've said this even beyond b- before just this past weekend and, and, and this season and, and seasons prior, is he has one tough quarterback, man. Like, he takes shots. And he gets up, and he just he keeps he keeps grinding away, man. He, he's nobody can call Kirk Cousins a soft quarterback because he's in there, and he's when 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 the offensive line is struggles and he's getting beaten up, he stays in there. He hangs in there. He he takes some tough shots, but he was just off. What did you make of his Sunday uh, performance? Yeah, uh, well, I know Chris Tubbs is there, so I'll, I'll say this: that the New York Jets put on some unbelievable wrestling moves onto uh, Kirk Cousins in that game. I think I caught a stone cold stunner there at some point uh, that uh, Quinn and Williams did to Kirk Cousins. I mean, they were they were jumping off the top rope. Uh, they they were launching their bodies at at him, and I, and the, the concern there is. How beat up is Kirk Cousins going to be by the end of the season? Now, it could be really good for them if he can rest for a week. In fact, that could be absolutely huge if they can get to the end and not have to worry about their playoff position and just go to, what is it, Chicago the last week and just not play anyone. That would be wonderful for them because Kirk Cousins, I guarantee you right now, is spending a lot of time in the cold tub. It's also pretty concerning that he sort of threw himself headfirst into a linebacker. You kind of went like, uh, you all right there, Kirk, after that? Um, I, I think that the interior pressure has been maybe as bad as it's ever been since he's been a, a Minnesota Viking, and at some point that just gets to you, right? And I think that's mm-hmm. why he was inaccurate really from the very beginning is those big guys coming at him, it's not like he can really run away. He just kind of has to stand in there and take the shots and it reminded me a little bit of like Sam Bradford in 2016 where the Vikings started out 5-0, and but as the season went along, the guy just took so many hits. And he, just like Kirk, got back up, and he was tough throughout it. But by the end of the season, he just felt like, okay, I, I don't know how many more hits that, that he can take. And that's where you know Kevin O'Connell, I think, has tried in some instances to move the pocket and to get the ball out quickly. And if you look at they're not throwing the ball down the field very often which I think has to do with understanding your weaknesses to that interior pressure. But but I don't know if there's a solution. Like the solution might have to be, hey, Kirk, just stand in there and take hits game after game. And I mean, if you get to the Super Bowl these days, you're talking about playing 21 football games potentially if he has to play on the last day. 
I, I think you do worry about that because I also felt like last year Cousins wore down toward the end of the year if you look at some of his numbers in the final few games of the season. So this is an opportunity this week to face a Lions team that's not super scary. And, and you know, the Colts have some decent players on defense, but again, like maybe you get ahead in the game, just run the ball. Um, it's not that you want to like take the foot off the gas because you want to see them put up big numbers. It's just that the defenses you're facing toward uh, the end of the season here are not like the Bills, the Jets, Washington. Like those are some of the best, and, and of course Dallas. Those are some of the best D lines in the NFL, and he's taken a lot of punishment and got through it. Um, so now, like for his for his health, the Vikings really have to hope that he doesn't face a lot of that same pressure the rest of the way. Yeah. All right. Uh, give me your early thoughts on Detroit. I know it's it's really early in the week, and and we'll find out more information about uh, how you know the health is of of both. Uh, teams, but uh, just here on a, on a Tuesday night, l- looking at the matchup, I think Detroit is what favorite right now by what uh, a point and a half. Just you, kind of your early thoughts on this matchup. Yeah, and I know I've, it's the same thing we talked about with Dallas about the disrespect, and it's like, well, no, I, I don't think the gamblers are disrespecting you. I think that you just have to prove it at some point that you can run away from a bad team. I don't think Detroit is a bad team, though. I think that Detroit is a very strong team that lost a lot of the close games and that is actually getting better as they go along. And Jared Goff has played some really great football. I mean, we wanted the Vikings to blow somebody out. Detroit blew out Jacksonville 40-6 to last week. I mean, this team can really play. And the Vikings lost uh, at uh, Ford Field or uh, is it, uh, what was it, used to be Silverdome back in the day? Yeah. I mean, they lost their, they lost their last year to a team that had zero wins. So that's not exactly like an easy place to, to go against a division opponent. And I, I think that this one's going to be actually really tough on them um, because they can really throw the ball. They've got a great running back in Jamal Williams. I mean, their offensive line is phenomenal. And I think that if you saw you know them play against Buffalo on Thanksgiving Day and then what they did to Jacksonville, like their defense is starting to pick it up, starting to get it together. So if the Vikings do win this game, I think that would show a ton of resilience after such a – physical battle that they just had against the Jets. And I think the Lions are one of those teams where we say they are actually better than their record. Yeah. Hey, Matthew, as always, man, it's uh, it's been a fun conversation. I will uh, catch you next week because we won't have a time to, uh, to interact here the rest of the week. But uh, I always appreciate your chats, man, and your conversation. All right. Sounds good, man. I will talk to you soon. All right. Matthew Collar. Check out Purple Insider. Uh, great weekly guest, not only on this show, but also on the Chad Harpin show. He'll be on the station more like this coming Friday. He'll be on with Chad Harpin as he is each and every Friday during the course of the National Football League season.